Welcome back, everybody, to episode 154 of the Lookout Podcast. I'm, of course, Meals. I am here with LJ himself. LJ, what up? Uh, how's it going? What's good? How's your uh, How's your week? Week? Um, I don't know. Week was okay. This is funny, <laughs> this thing is, is, funny thing is that we're recording this, and when this actually comes out, it's gonna be yeah. <laughs> so I don't really want to say. I want to say my week. You know what? I'm gonna give an affirmation. My week was amazing. How about that? All right, yeah, I love that. I love that from the future manifestation. But it, did, but it did give me very much so flashbacks to another podcast that I do, which is amazing because we have my other co-host from my other podcast on the line. We have none other than the man making his full return to the lookout. It's been a while since he's been on the lookout, but he's making his return here in fashion and in strong fashion. We have none other than J5, OG Johnny5, Justin Davis. Welcome back to the lookout, my friend. I I lobbied for this. I want people to know that we did it, y'all. We did it. We did it. We got males to do it. All one of all one of them. What Listen. if this turned him into a full like Fletch fan? Males <laughs> posting gunplay. I, I don't so. think it. You know what? I don't think it'll happen because, quite honestly, watch this series. None of the different Gundams had any significant impact on me at all. I was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, the, Caliburn, the Caliburn is fire. The, the Caliburn, Caliburn is fire. The, Cal- the yes. and then. The, and then the way they unveiled it was very fire, too. It's like, oh, you've been using this Gundam, but what about this one that we pulled out from our ass? I don't oh, know. Man. I can't wait to talk about this. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it follows just such a... And, and Jamal knows that this follows just a Gundam trend with the main Gundams and the storyline getting two and three iterations and, of course, follows here in Witcher Mercury. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, this Gundam series... I feel like is a very. This was a good entry level Gundam series, Mills, for you. Do you, do you okay. oh, I don't know about that. I, and this you is don't gonna, think so? I think like, and no, I'm, I'm gonna let you go ahead. Do, I mean, can we get? I guess we'll get to it. I guess we'll get to it when, when we'll we talk get about to it. We'll but get like, to it. <laughs> I, I really don't think at the end of this, when it, when, you know, as we come out of it, I, I really don't think this is this is as dense as Gundam series go. I think just in terms of the political machinations of what's happening, there are literal, literal times where I had to go back and be like, okay, what the fuck did I miss here? That's what, bro. So then, all right, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Nonetheless, I do want to welcome you back, Johnny, Justin, because I'm looking back at when the last time you were on this podcast, I believe it was three years ago. <laughs> for what? For what was I, what was I talking about? You were talking about My Hero Academia with us. Okay. But I, specifically, I remember the last time you were talking about Demon Slayer. That's like the one that stuck in my head of like you watching Demon Slayer, I think maybe for the first time and um, talking about it with us. But I have great news for you, Justin, while we're here. I don't know if I'm breaking this news to you now um, or anything, but we got great news that comes out, of course, on Sundays. Of course, by the time you hear this, it'll be a week old. But Attack on Titans season four final <laughs> series season <laughs> part one, Christ, man. <laughs> the dub is finally coming. When September tenth, I guess ninth. <laughs> September tenth. So he says wait a month. <laughs> right before. <laughs> you might be in Japan. I don't know if you're going to be in Japan or not. I'll, I'll be in Japan on the. He's not wait a month. I'll be in Japan on the fourteenth. So I mean, cool. Um. It's airing, but it's airing on Toonami first. So, what? I have it on DVR, so that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm I'm pretty sure the reason why we've been waiting on this, the reason why it just doesn't come to Crunchyroll, is because there's some agreement in line where Toonami needs to air the episode first, right? Um, before it airs anywhere else for the dub, at least. So we have that coming, and I'm sure within like a month after that, maybe a couple more weeks after that, we'll get the final part two. In so, sub, which means you go ahead. You guys, the part two isn't out yet, though, right? I, I just no. saw the trailer for that. Yeah, the part two isn't out for like um for 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 sublimations for for the for the sub uh, the sub genre. <laughs> no, the <laughs> sub genre is crazy. <laughs> um, no, I believe it comes out in uh I want to say October November. I want to say that period. So. Can we hurry up and just wrap it up? Golly, this, I, I can't wait to wrap it up. I can't wait to wrap it up so I could watch it all again. <laughs> that's really what I've been waiting for. Big same. That's how I'm feeling. Like it's that and Better Call Saul. I gotta watch again. But 
I'm really excited about it. I know you guys have conflicted or I mean, I guess like kind of your opinions are kind of stamped at this point. But I I mean, I don't know if people knew this because I haven't been here in three years, but I really love Attack on Titan. Like, I think it's 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 actually really great. Um, I've been waiting to to start the new season of Demon Slayer right now. I keep saying I got to start it, but I haven't started yet. We've been uh, I've been giving him I also gave him the uh, the recommendation for Hell's Paradise as well. Hell's Paradise that. is a good one, yes, since definitely. The, since the dub came out, I would also, um, considering there's a little bit of a layoff in between, um, Jujutsu Kaisen season two, the first five episodes, since it's 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 a whole arc. Trust me, it's good. I guarantee you, it's good. Is, it's, is it's it good. is it you know? I, I feel as though I feel as though. JJK is just I don't know if it's my bag other than like the fights I don't know if all the in between stuff is my is my bag that's my only thing with that that series so do you like uh you do like my hero right I like my hero but I here's the thing and I thought you're in that like middle ground with it like it ain't bad but it ain't it it still ain't your full cup of tea it's it's like a it's like a seven eight to me it's not like a nine ten um right. I've, I've clearly fallen off from it i don't know what's going on I, i'm still on the lamillion uh art that which uh mills you you um recommended to me a couple months ago i think and i got through that and i was like, okay that was pretty cool the way that i look at my heroes is the way i look at like x-men but without like the actual like political kind of socioeconomic you know what i'm saying like that type of yeah. comic i like the idea of there being like superpowered things you know what i mean i i, I like that idea of, uh, a lot but i think that with my hero i didn't know it was such a polarizing ass series or niggas just hate it and I, I think i looked at a tweet of yours the other day meals there was there was that really popular girl who loves jojo i actually follow her on um tiktok goddess, yeah yeah um she said they were like what's the most overrated anime and she says oh it's it's my hero and i looked at it and i was like well what's your name is it really a reason why it's overrated it's just the reason why you don't like it <laughs> like it's, yeah. it, i can't say it's overrated because no one can no one can actually name to me how this show is overrated or over whatever because everyone I, everyone i talk to seems to hate it so i got yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how it's overrated if everybody hates it that's what I'm saying, but you know, everyone is. I think they just it's because it's so popular, nonetheless. People who generally it's like one of those. It's one of those things. I mean, I think the same thing happened with Naruto, where it's just like it becomes, like you said, it becomes so popular. It's it. Obviously, people want to hate it now because my hero matter isn't like niche name, right? And the subject matter isn't as heavy as uh, you know other anime other con- as its contemporaries like i would say actually jjk but i still would recommend the first five episodes is its own arc thing and actually the shibuya incident is pretty good as well so this entire season two of jjk is going to be really good but i recommend those first five episodes they really put their ass into it it's very um chainsaw man-esque and kind of like how it's delivered now um it's also, less- I think what you would like about this arc that it's it's less about explaining like the sorcerer powers, and it's okay. more of uh, it, it's more of it feels more of like an adventure. Like you, there's some explanation of like why some things are, but they're very kind of easy to grasp and easy to handle. Then just a whole bunch of other shit pops off, and you're like, okay, yeah, that first that first season was dense as hell, and I was yeah. Like- to it and i was like i haven't seen the movie either like I, oh I, okay yeah you probably need to see the movie before you see season but two. No, dub. Not, but, no there's the dub is out the dub is out i think it's on crunchyroll it might be on crunchyroll now crunchy. I'm, I'm on i'm on crunchyroll right now like, yeah it should be there to be honest with you because i watched it like for christmas last year um so it should be there but I don't want to say you need to see it to see it, but it adds context to what you're watching from right. season two. If you the, watch the dubs on the dubs on there, okay, yeah, because I, you know, <clears throat> I'm part of the dub culture. You know what I mean? So <laughs> big dub play. Fuck Wiz Khalifa. Yes, yes. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Um, <laughs> um, all right. That that was an interesting and awesome aside. Um, nonetheless, we're here to talk about my first foray. I'm kind of like. Um, I wouldn't say proud, but I'm definitely like this podcast gets me places where I would never go (laughs) myself. (laughs) And I will say Mobile Suit Gundam was something that I've always seen since I was a kid. Always saw it on Toonami. Always. It looked very 
when I see things with bright colors as a kid, I was more interested in that than the kind of like very not that of Mobile Suit Gundam. So I never really watched it. No one really had interesting voices. No one really had kind of things. So anytime it would come on Toonami, I would actually skip it or not even watch it. So this being my first Mobile Suit Gundam series that I've ever watched is quite, uh, you know, it's I, something, but, but I do, I do like this series. In a I, can't, I can't believe you never watched Gundam Wing because that was everyone's foray into. Yeah, the, I feel that was the entry point to everyone for Gundam Yeah, Mobile like Suit. the mech genre was, was there. It was, well, obviously, like I had watched Robotech, which is, of course, Macraw in, uh, in Japan, but Robotech came on. Uh, tsunami as well and that was kind of my introduction to it and i loved like roy falker and everyone on that on that and i was like oh i really fuck with gundam and i think with with gundam wing it was i was buying the 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 not the kits i was buying the action figures right and, and yep. it helped and i think what was the major thing with gundam that cut me off from the whole thing was the fact that um when i tried to get my first my first kit i didn't know that you had to build the shits so when my when when I bought one in the anime store and I was like a, a I was like kind of my, my early teens, um I was just like how the fuck am I because they, they don't come with anything they don't come with the parts or anything, so it's like how am I gonna convince my mom who already won't even let me touch anything in a grocery store to buy me, <laughs> to buy me a nipper and you know I say all the things that you need to create a model kit so like that like my love for Gundam Wing and I could and that was like my gateway but it stopped right there when I couldn't actually build the kits because that's how you kind of uh, form your love for the series. Was there any influence, did one influence the other of the Power Rangers genre in Gundam? Because that's really like where, I mean, one is way more serious and way more political and heavy than the other. But I'm thinking more of the like, like you said, the mech genre of things. Because I had all the Power Rangers toys as a kid. And I had like some Transformers toys too. But I never really got into, which is, I mean, Gundams are different than that. But it's kind of like... It's like a, a cousin or a sister or something along those lines. Like, um, I think well, I think the, I mean the original Gundam series comes out in seventy nine. Yeah, so, I mean I don't and so I mean, you say it, it predates it and probably influenced how it these Sentai, kind of like split off. Sentai series is really what kicks off what you see with Power Rangers. Gundam really kicks off with being influenced by Star Wars more than anything. Yeah. Because, because um, okay. the the even the creator of it um has talked about how Star Wars was a big you know the whole space opera thing and you know even when you look at the the mobile suits weapons you know they got the laser sword and you know they have the the blasters like it's it's very much taken from um yeah it's very much like stole a lot from I won't even say steal but inspired a lot by Star Wars and the whole themes even with the the political stuff that happens within it yeah and and again like uh uh yoshiyuki tamino who was the animator and the the original creator of um of gundam you know he's he's always loved the again like like jamal said the political machinations of what goes on but also the effects of what war does on people and i and i remember reading something really really um cool about gundam and and really like akira kind of connects to this too which came out way after it but you know japan has a very very kind of um complicated history and and uh, and a lot of remorse for for how you know the role that they played in world war ii you know what i mean and and right the, the people that came after it the generation that came after it looked at the people before and was like what the fuck was wrong with y'all you know what i mean this is this is this is the effects of what you guys did to us or or you know what you guys did to our culture after that whereas war and war movies war animes become kind of the the you know the the culture du jour over there where it's like oh we're going to talk about how it affects us because this is what you guys did to us yeah. No, absolutely. And it, it looks like if, I mean, between that, you parse through a lot of the war animes. Like, I, I see similar tones in this series from Attack on Titan and this one. Just I based was just on, about to bring that up. I was just, like, yeah. just about to bring up that same concept. Just based on, like, yo, that shit happened in the past. Y'all got to let that go. We're kids. We don't got nothing to do with any of the stuff that you guys went through um, before. And that, yeah, it carries. It, 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 it's definitely a big motif um, that carries through this series, through a lot of other anime series. Um, one note that I had 
before we actually start getting into actually talking about Witch from Mercury, I remember I texted Justin. I said, hey, uh, finish with it. Um, I said, duh, duh, duh. he was like, yeah, it's way less depressing than most Gundam endings. And I said, all those kids dying was less depressing. <laughs> oh, no. Listen, I'm telling you, this, in terms of endings, <laughs> um, I wouldn't even put this near top five in terms of endings and in, in, in like sadness. Yeah. That I'm, Gundam can go. I mean, you've got. I mean, everyone is is irreparably changed. <laughs> after yes, but I mean, in, in terms of this, I mean, it, it's like you, you're able to get, and I'm glad that they gave these characters, you know, the the ending that that they deserved, or, or that we felt as though that they deserved. Whereas you actually get them disconnecting from it and being like, you know what, we're going to break the chains of kind of the cycle that that we've been kind of going on and doing our own thing. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the the major themes of the of the series is that a lot of the times. These these kids are you know these young adults don't get to break that cycle and you have people like even the the original um, the original antagonist of of Gundam um, him and, and Char Aznabel Amuro Ray and Char Aznabel they have a war that spans over three series and decades in Gundam and then they end up both I mean spoilers for anyone that doesn't know they end up both dying <laughs> basically. <laughs> You know what I mean? They, they have nothing but war. So, like in Witcher Mercury, it's kind of cool that they're able to break away from that. Yeah. And I think that's a. I mean, and two, like you said, in in Gundam, and you watch other series, most of the time the theme is and in why a lot of the endings are so sad is they show like there really is no winners in war. Like no matter what side you're on, no matter what you believe, like y- these two guys fought for what they believe so much, but in, in the end they both died. You know. And so it is for this ending, which a Mercury, it's nice to see kind of this lighthearted ending where you're like, okay, maybe, maybe there are some winners in, in this entire series. I had to, I say when I start this series and we'll, we'll kind of start with the first core. Now I remember when I started and I'm just trying to like, I'm wondering if this series is like, okay, this is for, if you're a fan of a Gundam, because at first I was like, okay. We're set at a school. We're do this, da, 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 that. Like I'm, one, I'm like, why are we Gundaming? Like, what? Where is the Gundaming coming into play? Like, why is this? And again, I was talking with Justin yesterday, and I was like, it felt like the school part of this whole thing was like just dressing, um, because it. I felt like it really could have taken place anywhere. Like I said, it could have been a mechanic shop. It could have been a police academy. It could have been anywhere. Like the entire school thing. So a lot of it and part of it for me was trying to understand like, okay, where does the school shit fit in <laughs> to the witch from Mercury in terms of like how this, the, the companies and political and like all this other stuff and like how it progresses. The prologue kind of ties into that. I don't know if you got a chance to check that out. The prologue. I, the, yeah, the it, prologue. I was like, I was still, I was trying to like figure, watching a prologue with no context of like anything that's going to happen. <laughs> well, it's new. Well, well, that's cool because it's new. And, right. and, and the thing is, yeah. is that with Gundam, you don't have to know. I mean, other than like Gundam C, which is like the longest running Gundam series. I don't know if you guys saw there's a, there's a new Gundam C movie coming out. And <laughs> like a couple I did months. see that. Like it's it's been going on since like t- 2009 or something like that. Like it's been going on forever. But I think that with the school part of it, Mills, to your to your point, like yes, it is kind of it could have been anywhere, but you wouldn't get that aspect of Suleta being other. The the whole series, she is she is basically an other. She doesn't feel like she belongs. So what mm. better put her in than in a school where everybody knows each other or everyone has they've come you know you see in the school they come from these big families they come from these amazing companies and they're going to do all these things and Suleta is just herself you know what I mean and, and I think that a lot of the episodes in the in the first uh, season are really about her trying to fit in and find herself but also being just again the Gundam protagonist they're always extremely good at Gundaming but her also being <laughs> An extremely um and an extremely uh formidable formidable and versatile pilot, and then you know that that kind of gets you know in the second season, which we'll get to, it kind of gets pulled under the rug when you find out why she is. But um, that that's the the story here. Yeah, I felt like the entire first season, um, or at least the first core of it. I don't know, season core, uh, they're interchangeable at this point. But um, when established in Suleta, and then her relationship with Mior- Mjorine, Okay, Mjorine. Um 
that kind of like comes out of nowhere. It, it, it's wild because it comes out of nowhere. Like the LGBTQ, I felt like it was like, I said this also and kind of like talking about it. I was like, I felt like it was very like light. Like it, it was very, it felt like they were friends, like the undertone of it. Not that I'm saying like, oh, they weren't gay enough for me, but <laughs> I felt like <laughs> the representation of it was there in name but I never felt like the relationship went really further that kind of explored it. It kind of like took me, it, it reminded me similar of the relationship between Aaron and Mikasa in a sense mm-hmm. where it's like, suddenly she loves, like she's always loved Armin. Like, yeah, we love Armin too. Uh, not Armin, sorry. Um, Aaron, we love Aaron, but not like, we didn't know it was like this romantic thing kind of until like literally later into the series Whereas where I felt like this wasn't like, I don't know if it just, it didn't really feel like, I guess it wasn't, I don't want to say like played up. Like you don't, like you don't, you don't feel that there was a month. Yeah, it wasn't. It didn't feel like the intimacy in terms of like their relationship wasn't there. And like, right. Like you said, it felt more like friends than these two, but I actually, I actually kind of enjoyed that part about their relationship because going back to what like J5 said, Saletta was such this like like this opposite of everybody and like she's so new to this world she's so new to these things these relationships and like you know she goes in she wins this Gundam battle and then all of a sudden she has this like girl's hand in marriage and she's like I don't even know what like a real relationship is like yet and so you know now I'm you know engaged to this person and I gotta kind of figure that out and I like the I feel like it was like a slow burn for their like relationship like you said until the end where we finally figure out like okay cool like you know they're married and you know they they go on and do their thing but i i like the fact that you see soletta have to go through these um moments with her of figuring out like okay like what is it to be a friend first and like what is it to be in a relationship and like and and not even just with miorne but kind of with everybody around her especially when um what's his name the clone Oh, uh, <laughs> Elaine, Elan, Elan, yeah, especially when Elan kind of starts getting in the picture and whatnot. Um, well, you know how they are in Japan. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> the, the way that they hit it though is is masterful, and and you know, I, I guess we could get into it now of of just the way that the writers hid this whole storyline was that the marriage part is just customary there, and I was like, it is kind of odd that that's the custom over there that if you win a fucking Gundam battle, you got to marry the person. Right. So it's like, but it's always been, um, you know, male on woman or, you know what I'm saying? Or, 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 or whatever. I'm sorry. Not male, male, male on male, but, um, they, that's how they used it because in the beginning of the first season, it's not, you know, they're not meant to be played up as, as they're, they're, they're platonic. You know, she's just married because she won the duel, um, against Yule. You know what I mean? And, and I think that toward the, toward the end they, they actually develop feelings for each other which causes a lot of people and the thing is i think that's why people didn't really mind it because they knew that it was kind of they were wink- mm-hmm. like the creators were winking at them like hey you can you can have it but you know why we got to do it but the issue comes and, and i think it was a month ago or so like in july um the voice uh, one of the the people from the voice cast they said you know um she talks about uh Suleta and Mione's uh marriage and bandai actually hit them up and say cut this shit out you know what i mean they cut cut all of this out removed all of it and then like it got a backlash from not only western mm-hmm. fans but also japanese fans of the show that said like yo how, how could you how could you say that these two are not married like these two and the, these two don't love each other like it's very clear that that suleta and yorne love each other they said it was up to interpretation i was like oh yeah. brother <laughs> <laughs> oh Listen. brother all right bandai okay um but so i mean Kind of like going through season one, I mean, Gundams are outlawed. That's kind of like the general premise of this, that Gundams are kind of outlawed due to this Vandis Institute event that happened um, that you see in the prologue for everything. They've been outlawed, but then she shows up. She's in a Gundam. I was like, hey, ain't that a Gundam? She's like, nah, that's not a Gundam at all. <laughs> this is, this is family. <laughs> yeah, this is family. This is my, you know, this is Ariel. And it's like, what? This is a Gundam. What are you talking about? Um has multiple duels against, I guess, Ghoul, Guile, Ghoul? Ghoul, yeah. Ghoul. Ghoul. Um, whose development through the series is like, he's like fighting for relevancy at every fucking moment. <laughs> he's, <laughs> oh, he's fighting for his life, man. It is heartbreaking, bro. Like, 
uh, Ghoul is is one of my favorite characters, and it's be- and the thing is, is that Ghoul is actually the the uh, and he's part of the the Jaturk family. Um, but he is, he's kind of like the, he's got unrequited feelings for Suleta. Like, she's just like, I'm not feeling you, nigga. Like, she's like <laughs> right. <laughs> and I feel like, I mean, beyond being obviously beaten the first two times, he tries to, you know, um, the first battle, I believe they, he lets like AI, you know, <laughs> work his Gundam for him. And then eventually like, he's like, nah, I'm going to do it myself. And then gets washed. And then they expose it from the record. He, you know, he challenges to a duel again, gets washed one more time. This is essentially banned from dueling by his dad. It was like, what's well, not a <laughs> Oh, his dad smacks him so hard. Yo, I, <laughs> like, my favorite like, thing is like. smacks the shit out of him. My favorite anime thing is like pointing out when Chris Sabat is in this series. <laughs> I was like, that's Chris Sabat. I mean, um, but it's a, yeah, he goes through quite a metamorphosis through this series. But the first season is like he's down bad. Like you don't got no Gundams. He ain't got no women. He ain't got nothing going right for him at this time. He gets he runs away. Um, Bob, yeah, becomes <laughs> yeah, Bob. <laughs> Wild whack name. Like come on, man. <laughs> I'm like I'm like bro. You could you could go from anywhere from a Gule to Turk. Like nah, you're making it too hot. Um. The mother who is like, you don't, the Prospera, she is like, it's, it, it reminds me of experience of when I play a Pokemon game and I'm like, oh, that guy is the villain. <laughs> she carries on, she carries on, of course, there's a lot of, there's a lot of tropes in Gundam here. And, and Prospera, Prospera, aka Elnora, she follows on the, the, she, they, we call them Char, Char clones. Uh, mm. So you, you guys, didn't know, of course, who are listening or, or who, who are not familiar. Shar Char Aznabul, um, the original uh, antagonist, kind of de- detritagonist. Like, he's not really a bad guy, not really a good guy. A lot of people have arguments about this all day, but he used to wear ma- a mask. And, and you see every mm. antagonist in Gundam. When you wear that mask, you are not a good guy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's that's definitely the thing. As soon as you see the mask, you already know who the villain is. I was like, oh, she looks a little condescending. Like, clearly doesn't care too much about her kids. Oh, she must be the villain of this series. And and her role doesn't, like, really, like, beef up until season two when she really gets in her bag. But <laughs> she is, when she's there on screen, I think... Um, she it's definitely like worth noting and worth like there's a lot of characters in this series um especially in this you know yeah right like which from mercury there's a lot of characters that i'm tr- <laughs> constantly trying to figure out like which one of these motherfuckers matter um will this one matter will this one matter you know from the moment she steps on it's like okay she's clearly i mean if you didn't get it from the prologue enough it's like okay she's and you know she has the hand that um the arm that got you know things in the in the last one um, the she, arc, her arm yeah, right. right well she she is the reason why the you know because she's trying to um she's trying to kind of perfect the gun um the the gun format which is the which is what a lot of the, what, what all the gundams in this in this series are um are kind of fueled off of the gun format kind of takes your, your brain waves again gundam trope it's always about your brain waves so it takes your brain waves and it makes you like better it pushes you harder in order to control these gundams because it, being a gundam pilot is extremely taxing on your body especially with just like you know all of the things that, that go with it um she tries to basically uh put her vital signs uh, the the vital signs of her daughter into the gundam lifrith and then accidentally clearing a layer and makes the Gundam basically become self-aware. Like the Gundam becomes like uh, human <laughs> in a right. sense. It's some real weird shit. That, that I'm glad <laughs> you knew all the terminology to that because I <laughs> would not have been able to explain it that well. But yes, that is exactly what happens. And she's doing it from the standpoint of she's trying to, her argument is that she's trying to bring back her daughter, Eric, um, back and then also avenge her family who was killed by the Delring thing. So now she's kind of like using her daughter to get with her 
you know, to get with the Delring's daughter so she can sabotage them. But they're yeah. just kids in love and yeah. they don't want to have to deal with their parents' struggle and strife and shit like that. Like, you know. <laughs> One thing I really like about Prospera, though, is that I feel that every time that she is in a scene, like she's on, like on screen, whatever, like she leaves some type of impact. It may not be a big, you know, especially in that first quarter of the season. Um, anytime she's interacting with a character or something, like she leaves some type of impact. And I think like that's what I enjoy so much about her character throughout this series. Like when her conversations with Suleta and like even the the big moment of like the argument between Suleta and Mjorne, where Mjorne's like, if your mom told you to go kill some people with Ariel, like would you do it? Or like would you, you know, and so yeah. that's kind of under the spell of her mom. She's like, if my mom says to do it, then I have to do it. Is you know, it, it's just that lasting impact of when she's on screen and then like even when she's off. It's like she got you know she's always like stirring the pot somehow. Yeah, and and again, like I I, I love the fact that um, she is able to in in so many ways kind of influence everything from from the shadows. You know what I mean? She yeah. She, companies on each other and i think like like she's the she's the rare gundam antagonist where like they're usually kind of mustache twirling bad guys in a lot of them mm-hmm. um, but i but i th- or they're they're like a shadow government that like you know, really yeah, st- that's the big one the shadow government the guy that's like behind the scenes of everything that, that's controlling but she's not really i don't think she's wrong and sin and and wanting that revenge but she's wrong in the way that she's trying to go about doing it i, I think it's just it's just the wrong way to do it um and and especially just the way that she she kind of you know formulates a plan against suleta and kind of ices her out when she gets it like i, I thought yeah. that, that was the most heartbreaking part of the, the second season yeah, yeah yeah no for sure um explain this like political battle for like companies and because <laughs> and, like to me, not necessarily that it wasn't needed, because it, it, it becomes... But then, like, it's weird what this show is trying to, like, become, because they're, like, incubator kids who are trying to run their own company, but then there's also, like, the um, the strife between Earthians and Spatians, and then there's also, like, they are in school. And then it's also, like, but there's a parent's background. It feels like, at certain points, because when you said that this show was so dense, I was like... Yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. I'm watching this and I don't know if like, I mean, it it deserves a second binge once you kind of get the idea of like how everything is kind of going on, because I think then characters feel a lot more significant and like moments feel a lot more significant. But I just know watching through the first run through all this kind of like, um, like the, the this, you know, the continued like, I don't want to say subtext, but like all these other things kind of like going on simultaneously um, makes for, I'm trying to figure out like, is this actually majorly important to this? Yeah. In a a lot of ways it is. I I think that it's, 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 it's taking, it's making these companies out to be really heartless and and unfeeling. And I think you see that throughout the whole show, but the idea of, of what they do is that like, here's the thing, like, you know, um, they wanted to create the gun format in order to help people survive in space. And that, right. and, and, and they, you know, Prospera may, may have taken it a little bit too far with like putting their conscience in that shit. But like <laughs> she was doing it for a good reason, which led them to ban it. You know what I mean? So a lot of the machinations is that Mjorne is like, I want to I want to run my own company to show people that gun, the, the, you know, the gun format is actually it can actually help people and, and really kind of le- like in a way, Mjorne and Suleto were trying to kind of. Um, and not even kind of they were they they wanted to put out there that Prospera or or you know really you know um, Suleta's mom she had the right idea about these things but Prospera is just so far gone you know what I mean she's like she's against all of these companies they're all wheeling and dealing behind the scenes I mean they wanted to kill Amione's <laughs> dad <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. They wanted to murk him. Like it, it, it really sets it up. And Gundam, in, in a lot of ways, Gundam is like this, where it says no, no side is good. The Earth side is not better than the space side. And and I think that's yeah. another thing that we haven't touched on either. The Spatians and the Earthlings, like they're not cool with each other at all. <laughs> like yeah. they're, they're at all. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, and it just once again, it just ties into this whole aspect of there. There really is no good guys and there really is no bad guys. It's just a bunch of people acting out of their own self-interest. These companies are acting out of their own self-interest. They're all like kind of um, 
pushing for a, a level of power to look into you know one up the next man and it always causes this riff and it's always these backdoor deals and these things happening in, in the shadows and i think that what um it actually goes back to a, a point that j5 made earlier of you know once again tying this into japan world war ii where the generation after was kind of like yo we were fucked up in that and i think like that's what the kids kind of represent of this like generation after of you see some of them that are still influenced by that but you also see some of them kind of like starting to push back toward this ideology that has been kind of presented to them of you know how these companies ran and you kind of that's why you see so many um so many of them start uh like Mjorne and suleta be like no this like you said, this gun format can actually really help lives and save lives and really change the world and really make things better for us instead of being used as a like military weapon. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the theme that that I read about, or I read that the theme of this, um, and they based it basically. I mean, it's an anti tech company. This is a very anti tech company. Oh, super, <laughs> super it's very anti that, and and they took elements of a uh, William Shakespeare play called The Tempest. Um, and it, it's, th- th- and that's where you get the name Caliban from or Caliburn or whatever. I don't know why the fuck they changed it to Caliburn. I guess they were scared of a uh, copyright, I guess. Um, but they, they took that idea of saying, Hey, like it, it was about like the witch trials of that, of that moment. And Suleta is the witch or and Prospera is a witch. And that's where the witch for Mercury theme comes from, um, of, of these, you know, powerful men, you know, imposing their will and, and these women that are trying to fight it. And I think that is, to me, the, the most brilliant part about it. I think it's a theme that, that Gundam doesn't have too often because it's always kind of a male protagonist here and it's always from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that it's really cool that they took that witch theme and they, I mean, fuck, the Caliburn has a fucking broom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's fucking tight. You know what I mean? I, I really love that they were able to kind of maximize that theme here. Before we kind of get into the finale of how season one kind of ends, what would you say was like your high points, your standout moments from season one? Because there's quite a bit of things that go on, but a lot of it's established via like, you know, duels and, you know, other things like companies coming up. Like, what would you say was kind of like your high points of season one? I mean, it's got to be when you hear that fucking, "Ah, when when they, when they, For the first time, I'm like, bro, when that when that theme plays, you know it's some shit. I think that I think seeing Ariel and we haven't even talked about the Gundam yet or, or the the mobile suits, but like Ariel seeing what Ariel can do, you got to remember like when we first seen that shit, like the the first when we saw like what was it last October when it first came out, we didn't know what the Ariel could do. They hadn't shown us the actual the the model kits yet. So we had to watch the yeah. episode before you could see the what the gun bits did and how they kind of moved around. And Ariel is OP as fuck. Okay. Oh, this super. The, only way, the only way Ariel took an L is because they made it take an L. <laughs> yeah, they way. forcefully shut it down. Like they literally hit the power button on it. <laughs> like that's crazy. No, it's Ariel is definitely, I mean, even from just a design standpoint, I'm not even just talking about powers, is one of the best mobile suits I've i have seen in a while we gotta what do a power ranking sure. we gotta do a power ranking before this is over oh okay. we got to that that works with me even though i have no idea and i have no context to it at all but i will happily listen and take all the <laughs> advice but um i'm trying to think i mean i would one of my high points i mean not high points but essentially the whole plan of like sadiq and everyone trying to shadiq um shadiq is a wild <laughs> I was like, is he? Oh black? yeah, is man! Shout out to nah. Shout out to my uh, my my Muslim brother here. Yeah, Shadiq. Um, Shadiq reminds me a lot of um, McGillis from Iron Blooded Orphans. Oh yeah, McGillis. That now that you want to talk about a depressing show, Mills? You're gonna take a walk up the up the block. I, you know what? Was- you know what? I'm not in the. Business. I mean, try to get. I try to get him to watch. That was my original decision i wanted to watch iron blooded orphans but he was like no it's way too long so i was like all right we'll yeah. watch the he was like all right we'll watch uh which it's a tight richard mercury but it's i love t- it it <laughs> what happened it's a tight 50 it's a tight 50 episodes yeah it's a to, to get it done during this thing it would have to be kind of like its own thing but them trying to um merc Mjorne's um, parents and then bringing in like actual mercenaries to actually do it and these these two maniac earthian girls um i thought that was kind of cool in terms of like upping the ante and the intensity you know barreling towards season one 
Um, Ariel winning a six-on-one fight. It felt like a six-on-one fight. <laughs> this thing. <laughs> told you, OP, man. Super <laughs> OP. I, yeah. But I mean, let's just talk about what it can do. I mean, obviously, the, with the gun format, which was banned, by the way, which when they when they see that when they see Arrow for the first time, they're like, "There's no way that's a Gundam, right?" <laughs> they're like, "They're like, no, that's not a Gundam. It doesn't look like a Gundam." But it's like it could do the the gun bit system, which is OP as fuck. I mean, it's it's not exactly new to the to the Arrow though. There have been other Gundams that have had things like that. The uh, mm-hmm. RX, the the uh, the new RX seventy eight had that. Um, but it, it's it's. I mean, no one can. No one has anything to stop it. I mean, you're you're. It's able to shoot beams. And she can control it with her mind. Like it's it's like a telepathic type shit. Like there's so many things that this Gundam can do. I would actually say that like the first season doesn't really have a lot of Gundam stuff in it, which is actually interesting to me. Like you have the you have the the duels with uh with the um with ghouls, both of both of his um his Gundams, which are like the Daryl Blade or the Daryl Balde. Uh, and I forgot the first name. I forgot the first name of the the, the first one. Um, he has a the, the big red one. I love though. Which one of them killed his dad? Which one of them killed his dad accidentally? (laughs) That's the one I like. (laughs) His dad was like, no, you won't get out of here. And he's like, I got to defend myself. I'm like, bro, it's your dad. What's going on here? Bro, that that fucked him up forever. But um, I mean, but again, like, I think that what what really got to me was uh, like, when they when they pulled up smacking women <laughs> in the <laughs> episode, I was like, "What the? F-? Like this is big!" Like because again, they treat these two girls, Suleta and, and Mjorne, like they're really nothing. You know what I mean? Like they're like they're not worth much. And I think the coolest thing is that Suleta and Mjorne together make a way. She makes her own company. Suleta's the top pilot at the school, and they're like, "Yo, we're gonna we're gonna take all this shit back until you know, obviously." Uh, after I, I think uh, the episode "Witches from Earth" when they, when the uh, when when the homies pop up <laughs> with the Jaturk suits and uh, they start they start uh, bombing niggas. Hey, listen, and then that leads to the finale, which is like one of the most unsettling moments of the show. Ah where... oh, man, I think I tweeted it, but episode twelve got to be one of my favorite episodes of anime this entire year. It's pretty okay. good. Like... It's, it's good. I mean. Everything falls together. The dawn of fold comes out. They they attack Plant Quetta. Um, they start killing. You, this is where the show starts to get different. And I could see, like, especially for you, Mills, where like it's a it's a you know it's a it's a big dissonance between the happy goal. It was like Saved by the Bell with robots. You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> and a little bit of political things. And then it's like, oh wait, no, this is Gundam. Did y'all forget? <laughs> like, are you? Yeah, still- for sure. Like, yeah, like it's it. It hits the gas so crazy and just shifts gears in a way where you're like, oh, oh shit, oh shit. No, it like it just rises so quickly. And, I, and episode twelve is like that. That peak of that is amazing. Yeah, I mean, when he kills when Guel uh, Guel kills Vim, and he's like, he just he he finds out like way later. He's like, oh fuck, oh that was oh my bad. Him throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> He's wild. He's a, he's going through it. Throwing up in show. the suit. Oh my gosh! We, um, we all see the uh, the aerial rebuild. Of course, uh, the, the aerial gets kind of fucked up. I think two episodes before that, we see the aerial. I'm it's, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Not a big fan of the rebuild. I didn't I didn't really like uh, the aerial rebuild. It's kind of ugly to me. Yeah, it's definitely not. As, I don't think it's as good as it was in the beginning. Um, also, a sneaky, really good moment during this is the whole Nika arc. Her no, whole little story, the double, crosser, the double crosser, yeah. Who's uh, man? When she when she hit the when she hit the the light Morris code, I was like, oh, she knows something. Oh god, I was like, what the <laughs> hell is going on here? And then he had the she little. Was uh, there. She was like, she, she was like, oh, I know them for sure. Uh, Martin, Martin. Weenie, Weenie Martin. Martin. <laughs> yeah, Martin was not having it, bro. <laughs> Martin was not fucking having it. Martin was, saw her do that shit. Was like, no. You are a fucking turncoat, bro. Get the fuck out of here. But but again, like, you no, know, it, it's it's crazy because then it leads into, I think, um, one of the one of the best fight scenes in the series or or in this or in this season, uh, with the with the of, of course the the Gundam uh, aerial rebuild coming out, fucking a whole bunch of niggas up, and then she beats up Sophie and Naria from Donna Fold, and and they're just like, oh wait, we got to retreat because the aerial's back. Um, and then Suleta finally finds Mjorni, who's about to get killed. And then oh, she like, smoked. <laughs> and then Ariel gets smoked. 
she turns him into some tomato paste on the damn ground. <laughs> puts out her and then puts out her hand to uh to Mjorne, and then Mjorne is like, "How the f-? like?" She was like, "You just killed somebody. How could you do that and then be smiling?" And this scene, Jamal, like legitimately is the most controversial scene from the series which is kind of crazy considering what it is but a lot of a lot of parents uh, in japan were like what the fuck like they were they were trying yeah. to get a bag I, I didn't know that that i mean but I, understandably this is once again this episode right here um like you said it was a it was a reminder of oh always remember you're watching a mobile suit show like this yeah. this loving happy go lucky feeling that we have and gave you in the beginning this is not here to last this is not here to be the general theme throughout this entire story uh like we are still a gundam show and these are you know we are dealing with these once again these feelings and these these conflicts that we will take to the next level and I think that moment right there when Mjolnir sees Saleta after killing her and was and Saleta just has a smile on her face and Mjolnir is thrown off because she's like, "How?" It's yeah, a great shift in this entire story and it sets the tone of once again Mjolnir looking at Saleta and being like, "Yo, like, what are you? Like, who are you?" Yeah, and and it leads into like again like the the. The curse. They they always say. I don't know. I was watching. I actually watched the the fucking sub for this because I couldn't wait for the dub. I think the dub is actually still going right now. Um, no, the dub is done, man. The dub is okay. done. They did it. Oh, did they do the? Did the dub catch up when the new season started? The dub. Yeah, the I dub's been done the, since. Yeah, yeah it, it was. It finished. Um, the dub was. I guess. Uh, yeah, it, it probably did, but it's completely done. I watched the entire thing dubbed. Okay. Oh no. See it now that the dub ended on the 24th of July. Okay, I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but just first of all, this is why Steve Harvey has his 90 day rule. Um, <laughs> you know, you know what the fuck you're getting into. Um, crazy maniac, psycho killing, mom loving, uh, chicks. Um, but season two ends up, it explores much of the, like the frayed relationship between Yorine and Suleta. Mm hmm. They it, you go through a couple like episodes before you really see them actually confront each other about this kind of like moment that they have that moment in the in the tomato garden where she's like if again like Jamal said earlier is like if your mom told you to like do something would you do it? and she's like yeah she's the reason why I'm here like I wouldn't be able to do any of this cool shit if she wasn't here <laughs> they like to blow people up in a big robot without my mom like come on relax. And, Miorine presses Prospera, and that's where Prospera's like she turns, she gets in her bag. She's like, yeah. "Oh nah. oh my gosh!" This moment right here, another just highlight of this entire season. That this moment between Miorine and Prospera was just, it was chef kiss. It was masterclass. She gives up the gang and and says, and and again, it leads to the most heartbreaking portion of the whole the whole series to me, where yeah. where. Miorne says, well, basically, it's essentially she finds out that Prospera has been kind of using Suleta to, to enact her own plan and that they've all fallen for it. And, and you know, and Miorne, out of love for Suleta, really says that if Suleta won't listen to me and she'll always listen to you, I'll make it so she won't listen, have to listen to anybody. And I'll give her her own choice in life and basically betrays her. She it's like a one two punch for Suleta because at the previous episode. Eric comes involved and says, "Like we don't need you anymore." Ha ha. Um, <laughs> we've reached the perfect level where we can kind of like operate without someone actually being there. Um, and then the second episode is when you know she has to duel with you once again, and Miorne is like, "Shut it down." Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's over, bitch. It's, it's a wrap. <laughs> um, and, and and Prospero's cool with this because again. Mjorne is going along, you know, she's going to go along with it, but in, until it turns into basically a full out assault on Earth, and and that's when it's not cool anymore. Yeah, <laughs> nuts, terroristic uh, views. Oh yeah, um, Prospera wilds out as soon as it gets to Earth. Yeah, no, nah, season two is when she's in her bag. Like season two is when she's fully she she carrying a gun, threatening to shoot people. Like she's uh, she's enacting her plan of quiet zero. Um, 
uh, uh, continuing the Gundam trope of silly names for the yeah. main, main the main fortress. <laughs> I was just like, all right, bet Quiet Zero, sure. Um, they call it Quiet Zero. That's what they say. On the, all <laughs> the whole fucking time. I'm like, okay, I get it. They say it about sixty five times an episode. Hey man, you gonna know that plan? I tell you that right now. Um, <laughs> Homegirl, the the dawn from foal girl who completely like gets murked, um, uh, trying to operate a Gundam and she can't handle it and her body's just going fucking completely crazy. Like you really seeing like the the the, I guess between that, Elon's moment where he tries to hop into Ariel and he's just like my brain. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Elon. Elon got that way too much dip on his chip. Because again, like it goes back into like that cur- the curse theme of it. It's like no one can handle the curse of the Gundam except for the witches. You know is this I mean? a, is this a theme? Like, th- is this the only time? Like, this is the only series that kind of happened in Gundam. Like, only certain people can operate the Gundam. No, it happens. It, no. it happens in many of ninety percent of them. That's kind of the the theme of that. There is the Gundam only responds to one pilot usually. Yeah, and I mean. And Gundam Wing, not so much because the the boys in that series they trade Gundams like they're fucking Pokemon cards. Like there's like <laughs> Hero, the main character of Gundam Wing, pilots the enemy's Gundam at one point. He pilots the Epion at one point. Like it, it's just about the 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 acuity of the of the actual uh, pilot. But they introduce something called new types uh, in the Gundam series, and new types are basically like basically like they're space psychics <laughs> essentially where it's like they, they can handle and and kind of push the Gundam to where they need to be um uh Chara's Nabu and uh Amuro Ray were like the first new types in the series and they, it carries on I mean I think that um shit I mean in, Gun- in, in Gundam 00 they have something similar when, when they're able to go uh you know basically Super Saiyan <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was and- just gonna bring up Gundam double uh 00 yeah, like it, and especially Iron Blood Orphans, uh, you know that that's the same thing. It's like it pushes your brain to a certain limit. I think here, I like the way that it's handled here because it's not really like they're new types. It's that you know Suleta isn't really like a human. You know what I mean? She she is. Mm-hmm. I mean she's she's damn near a, a fucking. Oh, yeah. The twist <laughs> is that she's not. <laughs> she's a fucking clone. Yeah, she's a clone, and and that um that that Prospero has been cloning Eric. And the, the, the Suleta was essentially, and, and then you understand like the school plot there, she was sent to be a splinter cell to basically kind of take out the, the companies from, from, from the inside with Ariel and to let them know that Prospera was on her fucking way. And, and that's why the, the first Elon was like, I feel like there's something about you that I feel. <laughs> there's something about you that I, I'm feeling. There's something between us that is very similar. We got something in common. We're to Bobby and Whitney. Something. Um, Oh, no, but even but even the Elon thing where they you know when you figure out he was a clone, that was a so many clones. Yeah, so many clones. <laughs> yeah, the whole introduction of that, the whole cloning process thing was it, it was a little shaky, but I I understood it as it played out. No, it, it it's it's cool because when you think of it as another anti tech, like this is a very anti tech company show. I feel like they don't like Elon Musk for show. <laughs> like they not fuck with Elon, but I, I did like that. Or I want to know how you guys feel about Suleta's arc in this season where, I mean, for largely a lot of the season, y'all, she's not in a Gundam for most of it, but in uh, a lot of it is because she finds out that she's a clone and that her mom doesn't need her. Um, her sister doesn't need her. And she feels as though, even though it's not true, Miorne doesn't need her. And she's just basically kind of lost. She's like, what, what did they say? She slept for like two weeks? Like she hasn't, she doesn't even show her her face. Oh, she was, yeah. yeah, she was skipping class and everything. Yeah, she was, she didn't have a purpose. Kind of like everything that she knew and everything that she believed, especially when she came in, kind of like fell apart from right there. And it was interesting of how eventually she was able to, um, I forgot who helped her. Um, someone talked to her um, to kind of help like pull her, pull her back together again. Oh, it was uh, it was Choo Choo. It was Choo. Yeah, uh, yeah. So to kind of like Shachery, Shachery Pond Lunch. Yeah, <laughs> one of my favorite characters in the show, and and I, I mean, it's just bringing her up now. Pilot's one of my favorite uh, kind of grunt Gundams in the series too. She she's she's so cool. I mean, before we kind of wrap this up, like, what are everyone's favorite characters? You know, mobile suits, kind of like in this season. Um, because yeah, it gets to the big finale. Quiet Zero is enacted. 
it's big space battle um eventually you know power of friendship power of everything <laughs> overcomes it all and well, it's the power of 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 the, the fucking the the brain waves <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> Because, I mean, we got to get to the Calabarn. I mean, the, the Calabarn is, is something that the that they had been keeping under wraps. It's the first Gundam, I think, her, like the first protag Gundam that is completely all white. Like the complete, like even the model kit of it is completely all white with like the, the, the permit, like the, the little permit thing, like the, mm-hmm. the rape. It looks fucking beautiful. I haven't actually bought it yet because I'm going to get it in Japan. I, I just it got, wanna- the, it got the Batista white turtleneck on. Yeah, like it, it, it's the cleanest looking shit, but also has its own broomstick. And again, I mean, I don't think there's, there's any of there's, I don't think there's any battle that the Protag Gundam loses this season. This, this is no different. They, <laughs> it fucks everything up, takes over Quiet Zero, and basically stops the, the, the kind of. It, here's my thing with the ending of Witch from Mercury. I liked it up to the point where they said, you know what? Magic. <laughs> and just, oh, just, yeah, the magic, the magic threw me off. The magic was way too much. Like it felt like it was gonna be the first Gundam that actually kind of did things somewhat grounded, and then when season two started, it's like okay, we're gonna give you the political stuff, and then it's gonna be magic again. And I and I thought that <laughs> they had an opportunity, and and again, Mills like they do this every single time. I think Iron Blood Norfus doesn't do it. Gundam Seed for sure does them like oh Gundam Magic, like they they for sure do that shit. But I think that again, like when they when they introduce that, I think that it becomes very much like a routine kind of. Um, you know, my like not, I don't want to say my hero or something like that, but it's it's like a it's like a um it's like an easy way out for them to to do that shit, and and I think that I I think it could have ended a lot better. I, I was not a fan of the of, of the ending of the series. It kind of remind me again. I don't know. It's a Pokemon thing. It's it's like the end of Pokemon where it's like, all right, you beat me. I'll give up everything that I was fucking doing before. You won. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. I, it, I think it, the little it, moment though between like when Prospera got to see like her husband again and that yeah. little moment, it was cool. Yeah, but I, but I mean, you know, she she's never gonna be right again. You know what People I mean? People felt like she should have died. That's what I read. People felt like she should have died. No, she should have. I was surprised she just survived to the end. Uh, I think I I think they wanted it to be everyone. I, I think I think the creators felt as though everyone deserved their own happy ending. And I think that Prospera's antagonist, you know, character wasn't because she just was just born that way. It was because she was actually done wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, it was yeah. Like, she was trying to help the world and she got, you know, something got fucked up along the way. You know what I mean? And essentially, if you think about it, she really just wanted her daughter back. You know what I mean? She wanted Eric back because that was her biggest mistake. But the issue was, is that she, she put Suleta to the side for that. She had her daughter the whole time. You know what I mean? And that was mm-hmm. Suleta. But it, she wasn't good enough for her, and I think the the best revenge and like the best ending for her is to actually see Suleta be happy and have the keychain of Eric. <laughs> That's what I was. I yeah. was like, that was the best ending. The bitch in the keychain. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. When uh when Mjorne threw the keychain back at her when she originally shut down the Gundam, I was sick. I was throwing up. Yeah. she had to play it off like that. She was like, I I, I got it. She had to do it. You know what I'm saying? She had to sell it. She had to sell it. She had to sell it, but again, like you know, uh, Suleta again, once again, Gundam protagonist undergoing physical fucking deformations after piloting the strongest Gundam. I'm like, damn, I hope that they don't make her cripple for the rest of her life after this. Oh, it oh. happens all the time. I mean, that's the like one of the biggest things in Iron Blooded Orphan. Good lord, I mean. Just to kind of like wrap things. I mean, everyone gets like, you know, the last inning is very much so a last episode. Like everyone gets their, whether they've been serving time or they become a, you know, a CEO of a company. <laughs> she did three years in the prison, man. She did three years. And came out to the homies. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> just like, came out she, there waiting out for her. It was great. I am, she had a great time. <laughs> I am glad that she still took, uh, she still had punished. She got punished for that because she, you know, she should have, bro. Like, hey man, Shadik, hey, free, Shadik is happy. She, Shadik is like, free yo, Shadik. y'all, free Shadik, man. No, Shadik hey. is like, hey, I'm glad y'all was able to stop me. You know what I'm saying? Free like, Shadik, that's, that's yeah, my Nika, guy, man. He Nika was, did. he was moving and grooving. Hey, Nika did more time than Lil Wayne did, so <laughs> hey, she did. Yeah, she did more time than them, but but again, like I felt like a lot of people were really sad that it was only twenty five episodes. I think twenty five is kind of the 
I think that's gonna kind of be the norm, right, y'all? Like, I don't know. Think- it definitely is the norm, and it was, yeah. was twenty four, I think. Um, right, twenty four. Sorry, it was it was twenty four. But like, I'm I'm glad that Gundam does twenty four now because when you think about it, Gundam always did fifty to fifty two episodes, and I thought that that was a bit excessive. And it's hard to tell people to get into it. Like, I I like for people to watch double o double o to me is the is the 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 best way to get into gundam it's not too depressing um it's just the right amount of kind of like density but it's mm-hmm. all 25 episodes 26 episodes a season it's, it's in a movie <laughs> it, like it's a right. lot i think God, ju- but man setsuna is such a not a fun right i don't like him as a main character in double O, Setsune, I do not like him in double O. I am Gundam. Setsune. I am Gundam. I am, I am Gundam. He gets Gundam better. is me. He gets better in season two, but I think that the Exia, I think I think Mills will fuck with the Exia because the Exia, Exia was tight. The Exia Gundam Mills isn't about guns. Like he's all about close range combat. Like it's the, like the first Gundam that's all about close range combat. So he's actually like boxing fools and cutting them up and shit. It's actually pretty dope. Oh, okay. And, right. and it's cool too because you get multiple different Gundams that got different styles, and they gotta have con- they they have like real battle plans and battle strategies. It's not like oh, robots pull up and blow everything up. Like they actually got some, they got some, some tactics to them. There's a sniper one. There's a there's a there's a Gundam there's that's a like bomb. There's a bomb heavy heavy artillery one. And then he could strip the armor off, and he becomes like nimble. Like it's 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 a lot of cool shit. But like I will say this. And this is my hot take before we get out of here. Gundam Wing might be overrated. <laughs> Gundam Ring, Gundam Wing is actually like not great to me. It's not. Mm. Like when you watch it as an adult, it did not age well. It's just some really bad shit in there. And, and I think that you look at the, the actual Wing Gundam, it's on all it's on the cover of all the like the, the DVDs and all the you know the, the manga and all that shit. The Gundam Wing is destroyed like 12 episodes in and does not show back up. <laughs> until like toward the end of the series like it gets another iteration and that one's even weak i feel that i okay so i haven't watched gundam wing in a very long time i feel that gundam wing you don't like the music (laughs) i feel gundam wing though was definitely the it it was the gateway drug for a lot of people in the mobile suit um just because i see toonami running it and all that I gotta go back and watch it. <laughs> I gotta go back and watch it. Let me know how you feel, cause I watched it. Uh, what was it during COVID? And I said, yeah, this this one ain't it. It ain't it. I gotta I gotta watch it again. Well, I like this series. <laughs> I was just like, oh wow, this was a pleasant surprise. Once I kind of understood what was going on, um, I was like, oh, this is kind of nice. This was very very good. So you know what? Shout out to me. This is my first ever Mobile Suit Gundam series. I'm glad it was. Might get me into other ones. Um, how about this? While we end here, as we're ending, how about talk about the best? I don't know if how many Gundam gunplays you guys have. What are the best three gunplays that you guys currently own? Gunpla, Gunpla, Gunpla. Sorry, Gundam plastic model. With my top three, let me turn around. <laughs> let me turn oh yeah man listen j5 is a monster the his collection is is crazy in comparison to mine um my favorite ones that i have i have char suit which is which is a really good one yeah. uh, unicorn is always gonna be i feel like just, I hate building unicorns i really hate building unicorn gundams my my but wife they look so beautiful at the end my wife got a high grade unicorn and we still haven't completed it because I was like, you would get the most complicated Gundam <laughs> with all the pieces, they're segmented and the pink shit. Yeah, I, I'm good. Um I'm trying to think. Uh... you got charge suit. I know you got um I'm trying to think of the one you did have. God Gundams or the Burning Gundam is another really good one. Yeah, yeah. It's a good one. I got my three. Okay. Go ahead. Your three. I got my three. I like my I like my perfect gray RX seventy eight. Uh that it's like basically the big one that I have. It lights up, has its own little light up thing in there. I, I'm very proud that I did all of the build on that one. Um, I'm really, really proud of my perfect gray Exia. And again, the perfect gray sets meals are they're they're a little bit pricier because they're like 
not life size, but they're about the size of like a, a huge fucking. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, I, I would imagine they're not life size Gundams. Yes, I would imagine. <laughs> they're about the size of like a two liter bottle. Oh, like, okay. Oh, yeah. Big. Um, I like my my PG Axia and because Axia is like my favorite suit, but um, but I also love. I just built this this year. My Master Grade Extreme, um, uh, my Master Grade Extreme Strike Gundam, uh, and and that that's the one with like the gold wings and all of that stuff. Like it, it's it's one of my favorite ones because like the gold, uh, like the gold just hits on it so so well, and and it just does a a lot of really cool shit with just the the actual um. The way that you can express the actual Gundam on here, and I'm sorry, not not the Strike Gundam, it's the Strike Freedom Gundam. I'm sorry, it's the uh, it's the it's the uh, Master Grade Extreme Strike Freedom Gundam, and that's from Gundam C, by the way. So, um, it they kind of redid the suit, the way they did everything. It's like a three tiered build system, like the Perfect Grade RX seventy eight is. So you basically, Mills, you build the 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 gold part, then you put the armor on, then you put the wings on, and that's mm-hmm. like it's like has metal pieces and shit like that, and it's really really cool. And again, like I would have never. I'm, I'm glad I got into Gundam when I did, but I'll always remember that not being able to make a model kit really stopped me from loving this series when I was younger. But now I love it so much. Of yeah. course. I think That's once it. you really start getting into the models and you really start learning about like the mobile suits and the different mobile, and you start finding out your favorites and what you like about it, it just elevates the complete series for you. I love that. Do you do you have the turn A? Yeah, I got the turn A. It's a bad kit. I love it. I love I, I love the helmet though. The helmet is so cool. The helmet is cool, and and the turn A is actually the most powerful Gundam Gundam of all because it, it's able to do like astral projection and shit like that. Like the turn A Gundam is OD. No, it's yeah. it's so crazy. Well, I want to thank Justin for being on the show. Finally, again, you know, we finally get this Gundam talk off. Yes, sir. Um. We're still doing here. This is actually the penultimate episode. So we got one more episode of the Summer Akame House. So you guys, next week, we will be able to talk on um, the King Piccolo arc of Dragon Ball. That's how we we're oh, ending. That's yeah. classic. That's classic. It's very, it's very, very classic. It's the first introduction to Piccolo in the series. It's every A lot of people die in it. So you know what? Fair enough. We end Akame House with it. Maybe we'll burn the entire thing down. Who knows? Um but thank you guys for tuning in. Of course, you can listen to The Lookout at The Lookout on RNC Radio, anywhere you can subscribe to podcasts. You can also follow us at The Lookout RNC on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and yeah, man, just wait up. We'll be back. It'll actually be the week after this. So we're going to we're gonna double up. So it's going to be this episode, and then we're going to have a fresh one next week. So thank you guys. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for next week's brand new episode. We'll be back then. Peace. <laughs>